Welcome to Singled Out, the ninth best guild ball podcast. Please stand by. Episode 24, where Andrew talks to Ben Redmond about the current Season 3 Guild Ball rankings, and how all the guilds have performed so far in tournaments. today to talk about rankings. Um, first of all, uh, for people who don't know who you are, um, who are you? Uh, I'm Ben Redmond and I run the Black Orifice site, which amongst other things has a ranking system for Guild Ball. In fact, potentially the only ranking system for Guild Ball as current. So not, not official, but very close to it in terms of how you use, because you're the only one that I think there is, isn't there? Uh, short of maybe one that yeah. have back end, back end for um, maybe tiebreak, we don't see. Yeah, there might be one in tiebreak, but they're not telling us about it. So, um, so we're going to talk about how the rankings have maybe changed since um, season three dropped. Yeah, just have a look at the um, the way season three seems to have affected the meta a couple of months down the line, um, and see if there's any sort of big changes in um, which teams are winning, which teams are losing, which teams are seeing more play, which teams are seeing less play. So if you want to follow along at home, um, go on to uh, blackoffice.co.uk, uh, go on to the rankings part, and we're looking at the rankings from the 1st of December uh, 2016, up until now, which basically is effectively all Season 3 uh, stuff. Mm. Yeah, so on the right-hand side, there's a little... We're just looking at the overall um, rankings as opposed to individual player rankings, so just over on the right-hand side... They change the dates down at the bottom of that. So put in um, from um, 1st of December 2016 to whenever the current date is, when you happen to be listening to this, um, and then click the button that says Change Ranges, and after a little while of working it out, it will give you a new table showing you the uh, relative positions of the guilds from the first uh, time that Season 3 tournaments have been played. So uh, first, uh, first of all, um, 
you want to give us sort of a, a brief summary as to what you've seen? Um, right. There seems to be two big winners and, well, I say two big losers as well, but one of the losers was already a loser, if you see what I mean. Um, so one surprise loser, I think. Um, uh, so I mean, the two big winners, which are both... They have the, the kind of the highest win percentage and the highest kind of um, average ranking points, but also the most number of games played with them. Uh, and that's Alchemists at the top and then Fish in second place. And so um, Alchemists at the top are on 59% win ratio with um, 140 games. Um They've also got a kind of the I've got like a championship percentage. So that's if you take them, what 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 percentage is that? What's the kind of percentage of people who've taken Alchemist to event have ended up winning it? Winning it, and thirteen percent um, of people who have taken Alchemist to an event within those time within those timelines have ended up winning that event. Um, Fish, it's. That championship percentage is 13% again, so on that score they're both the same. Um, there's 111 games with Fish, and they've got a 57% win rate. So very similar sort of scores. The Alchemist, a lot more played. Um, and you really get to see the strength of that Alchemist um, games played stat when you look further down the table, because all the other guilds, apart from Hunters are in the 70s or 80s. So um, alchemists are almost played twice as much as any other guild. And fish, not far behind that. Um, so that's... Also, looking further down, um, you have so you've got third place, you've got the Union. Yeah. Uh, with uh, a 53% win ratio, uh, 78 games played. So even third place is much below alchemists and fish, really, in terms of games played, isn't it? Yes. Um yeah, although to be fair, Union have always been one of the least played teams. Um, I mean, to be fair, on top of that, Alchemists have been in the past as well. Um, but you know, Union are kind of often a kind of a, a less played team. Uh, the interesting thing about Union is that they are—they've got the highest percentage of winning events for entry. From you know, percentage of events won to entries is twenty percent for them. So. They are um, very good with a skillful player, that would suggest to me. Um, then we have morticians. We have uh, masons, brewers, engineers, hunters and butchers at the bottom. Yes, and that's the big surprise for me. I mean, hunters were at the bottom last time round, and I think they're probably going to stay at the bottom until they start getting, stay round about near the bottom until they get some of their new releases. Um because they didn't really have any kind of significant um, shifts um, as part of the uh, Season 3 changes. Um, and if anything, some of the core rules changes have actually hurt them a bit, you know. I mean, Jake really does not like the home crowd rule, for, for example. Um, but the real big surprise down there, I think, is the Butchers. I mean, looking at, a... we have last year's rankings here also, from the last January till the 1st of December, and the Butchers at the top. Yep, exactly. <laughs> How the mountain have fallen. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, Butchers needed a nerf. Phillip especially needed a nerf. Shank needed a nerf. They got a nerf. 
has it been too much is possibly the thing to answer there. Um, and I don't want to, as a butcher's player, I don't want to kind of come, come across as particularly salty about this because I'm not at all. And I don't particularly think, um, apart from Shank, who has just, is just, is not the player um, he once was under any stretch of the imagination and has just made me very sad. Um, uh, I think they've not really kind of taken any great significant hits as players. Um, but I think there are, those core rules have hurt them uh, quite a bit. But I think really, I think a large part of this is that butchers have been too good for a while and, you know, not necessarily too good, but too easy for average players like me to do well with them, I think, is perhaps the best way of putting it. And now they are, if you know, if we can say they have been brought in line, it's kind of it's showing up the players who play them to some extent. And, it, you know, it, but having said that, you know, there have been some good players who've played butchers, but they've not played them in season three. Right. Uh, Pat Vance, for example, was the you know the best butcher player, you know, excellent player, just really well nearly every tournament he goes to, um, always up there near the top, or winning. Um, and I think he might have even won an event under season three. Uh, yeah, big festivals, balls, first place um, on the tenth uh, of December. Um, but he did that with Union. So, you know, the good players are ditching butchers and the average players like me are finding out that they weren't quite as good as we thought we were, I think, is the, the large part of that. And I think it's down to us as butchers players now to readjust to how the game works now. And, you know, we've got to either kill the ball or score more goals. We can't just rely on uh, fill, it and fill it to get four easy takeouts and shank to either get an opportunistic goal or you know, a quick takeout of somebody just coming back on the pitch or a mascot, which is what he used to do, um, and get those kind of quick kind of, um, you know, four VPs in what, in, from from those options. So you think it might be a sort of a skill cap idea? Mm, yeah, I think basically the skill floor for butchers has been raised quite significantly as opposed to the overall power of them. I guess the lack of reach means that um, any sort of counter-attack could really sort of ruin the day. First activation going in, barreling in. So fill it, you mean? Well, for anyone, I mean, like you know, ox barrels in or, or fill it or yeah. I mean, boring barrels in. Borshank, yeah, Borshank, um, tenderizer. If you use him, have all got two inch melee, so they're not. In and you know, no melee or, yeah. or yeah, the yeah. I mean, the thing is that the the players that you usually go in first activation with, you know, fill it or. Um, yeah, somebody like Boiler or Ox on his legendary turn. They've all, they're, they're all one-inch melees, and the you know the home crowd is a big problem for them. But you know, it just means you can't do that easy first activation. Um, you know, un, uh, unanswered, unanswerable activation. You know, you've got to think about things a bit more carefully. You've got to set things up a bit more carefully. It just changes the way you have to play the game. I mean, there's been and some um, big shifts as well. Like, um, I mean, Fish have shot up, haven't they? Uh, from yes. From basically second from bottom to second yeah. from top. Yeah, well, I mean, the home crowd really helps them because they are 
very often going second um, uh, traditionally and um, wanting to score um, more easily and so and have plenty of movement. So um, you know their kind of movement advantage means that they can quite happily get into tapping range to take advantage of that rule, the home crowd rule, and their kind of you know easy access to dodges in, in a lot of the cases, um, and um, dominance of two-inch melee zones means that they take really good advantage of the home crowd changes as well. When was Corsair released? Um, ooh, it was quite early, it was wasn't it, the cycle? It might quite, have been quite early in the... Maybe... Yeah. I mean, I do remember looking at the Season 2 stats a while ago, and you do see a boost in the fishermen in the rankings after Corsair's released. I mean, the stats, the stats I'm looking at here started from the end of Jan. Um, but mm. of course, we don't know where they where he came in because I think his well, maybe it's coloured by what I see on, on, around me. But I see, yeah. I see a fair bit of Corsair, and you know, to me, he seems like a very strong captain. Maybe it's because I play a team who hasn't got much feature and everything else. But he seems like a very strong, uh, strong uh, still. And Corsair really difficult to deal with yeah. with butchers. Um, I mean, you know, the trouble is you've got a player in Corsair who can pretty reliably, if you start, if they stack him up with six influence, take out one of your guys. And, you know, it's, as a butcher's player, it's not hard to feel a little bit annoyed about that. <laughs> when you've got Oxy, unless he's popping his legendary, can't do that. <laughs> it's, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's interesting, because, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not a math teacher. <laughs> um, so I'm not great at stats, but when we're looking at percentages, like uh, say we're looking at the sort of the, um, the say say uh, the, the, the third from top who is the union down to yeah. maybe um, let's go down to uh, the engineers uh, who are yeah. third from bottom. Yeah. So one, two, three, four. There's five t- uh, guilds there. There's only a ten percent swing. Yeah. In terms of win ratio, so. Mm. The sample size isn't that big. No, I mean that's the, that's the, that's the main problem with this. It's very early, very early days, and I think you know part of the problem is going to be um, people um, not being used to the um, the new play styles. That, that, that's you know for a lot of these teams have kind of changed how they play. And for a lot of people, you know, butchers players, obviously, I think engineers players, I think, you know, engineers should be doing better than they are. I think they're a lot stronger team than those stats um, indicate. And I think that's because there are a lot of people who have been playing engineers who are engineers players and are and have like been sticking with engineers and they've found them in season two. And yes, they've got a lot better. They've got, um, you know, objectively just playing better but they don't play the same way they used to you know the old style of sort of um you know blister and salvo knocks everybody down at rage and then a range and then rage and gutter go in and sort of kill everybody or decimate maybe goes in and kills everybody off you can't do that anymore it doesn't work or it's not the the strength of playing well you can't do it because you can't have two union players um but it's not really the strength of how that team 
plays, they're, they've become a lot more of a ball-playing team. So, you know, it's a big play style shift for people to get used to. And, you know, we had a, a tournament here at the Northwest Gaming Centre, which I was helping to run um, a couple of weeks ago. And, like, Dan Garnett came along, who has been, you know, engineers player throughout. And he was kind of saying how kind of frustrated he was getting with, not sure if frustrated is the right word, but, you know, just kind of finding that engineers no longer were the team that he knew what he was doing with, I suppose. And, you know, finding it awkward to get him to get, get him rolling like he used to. Well, I guess in many respects they are, you know, a very different guild, aren't they, really? I mean, you know, mm. the, the changes to Blister, you know, is so focused now on football. Um, yeah. Rather than basically being, you know, kind of a longer range sort of sniper, really. It's yep. A big difference to them, really. Uh, them, I would have thought they got it more, but yeah, I think, um, I think when we get more season three players come out, it'll mm. be interesting to see how, for example, how well the guilds do at Vengeance. Um, obviously yeah. a much larger player base to look at then. Yeah, I mean, Vengeance will be a really good point because we'll have potentially a lot more of kind of season three on the table by then, a lot of the newer players, because we'll have had... Um... One player each, I think, probably by then. Sorry? Probably one, one player per guild then, I reckon, right? Yeah, yeah, I would have, I, I would have thought you we'd have so. some, something out for everybody by then, yeah. I mean, we've got Salute, haven't we? And I think there's still going to be some um, fairly notable releases you know a more than average um two or three models kind of release i think at salute maybe i'm wrong i don't know i'm just guessing um but um you know there's talk about hunters coming in march i think it said on the uh on the um the keynote so um yeah i think by by vengeance we'll probably have you know yeah a full a full round of players for every team you know, maybe a couple more for hunters, which might make a big difference to them. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, um, when I've been making some season season sort of three lineups, um, certainly I don't know how you found you found with butchers, but certainly with masons, I found that um, picking nine players is much harder than it used to be to pick. You know, eight uh, yeah. from a guild and this much more of a choice now. I think, obviously, with with Hunters, they haven't got that, that, that choice as much right now, but have you found that um, with Season 3 changes, it's been harder to, f- to build a good team? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm one of these kind of dirty butchers players who played Fillet with Avarice and Greed and Gutter, and so obviously that's... <laughs> that's a, that's a kind of... That, that's gone. <laughs> I'm probably rightly so. And so I'm just kind of I'm just kind of sort of playing around and trying to find... Who you know? Who who's actually best to play in my team? And I am sticking with Philip, perhaps belligerently, and perhaps to my own detriment. Um, but I'm just going to stick with her and try and do my best to get the most out of her. I think she fits my play style better, personally. You know, I always sort of loved Shank and loved that real sort of swashbuckling, fast, aggressive, kind of glass cannon sort of. Um, uh, style of play um, and so you know I want and, th- and that's the kind of type of play that I want from my butchers and the, the big thing that I've found from playing them now is that Philip, rather than going and doing it all on her own is a brilliant support captain for that style of play you know she can um, 
you know, she can give Meatuck, um, uh, you know, two extra inches of charge and plus one damage with a with a two influence range play. She can um, give Boar of all things an extra two inches of movement. I mean, that's fantastic. Um, you know, she can give anybody that two inches of movement. She can, you know, the the bleed, the pain circle really kind of can help me me tuck out and really sort of get her sort of motoring. Um, you know, and get her marauding deep, whereas she's just a very average movement player normally. You know, with a 10-inch charge, she suddenly becomes a lot more threatening. Um, you know, ball with an 8-inch charge and 2-inch melee is pretty damn good. Um, and you could kind of throw in Minx or, um, uh, you know, Boiler Still 6-8. Um, veteran Brisket's got... Um, you know, potentially um, ten inches of of distance, although two of that costs a two, <laughs> which is kind of perhaps a bit. You know, she needs to spend three. She needs to spend at least three influence to go ten inches, but she can do it, so she can get quite away. Um, but then she can get some of that back if you keep her within eight inches of the board edge. So I've been getting quite a lot of use out of her. I think she's really good. Um, you know, particularly with wing back. In the plot card deck, that can really kind of throw a surprise on people. More than um, normal brisket. Um, I've not. I've yet to try normal brisket. Um, I am starting to wonder if she is possibly. She just. She doesn't do what she used to do, and she used to do a lot. Yeah, she probably needed a nerf. You know, I'm not going to argue against that, but. You could do, you know, if you set things up right with the dog, you could get a lot out of it. You know, if you need a little bit of backup damage here and there, she could do that. She could certainly kind of reliably go in, get the ball back and dodge around a bit and score and do the kind of classic sort of striker type of stuff. Now that she's just kind of limited to tack four, um, she really struggles to get to the dodges on a lot of players. You know, she needs... She's got a non-momentous double dodge, so obviously, you know, with it being non-momentous, you don't want it ideally. You'd, you know, you'd rather have a, a momentous one dodge, wouldn't you? But that's one higher on the playbook to get that. So, you know, it's harder for, you know, it's uh, with, you know, with tack four going in against somebody with um, defence four armour one, it's diff- it's actually difficult to get more than one hit. You know, it's a, above. Above expectations, so I don't know what, it, what the percentage is. You know, it's like thirty odd, forty odd percent, something like that. I think to get to the two hits that you need for the double dodge. So she's not, you know, whereas before, if she was on tack six when she's attacking because the dog's nearby, she's a lot more reliably able to do the movement and stuff. And so, you know, what I've <coughs> found when I've used her in the past and sent her two four forward out of the dog's range, she can really just kind of get stuck and whiff and and just get jammed up into a combat she doesn't want to be in. And, you know, if she's stuck engaging somebody, then her unpredictable movement's no good because they just turn around and thump her. Um, so, but having said all of that, unpredictable movement and defence 5 armour 1 against male players is really, potentially, a really good way of killing the ball, if that's what you want to do, you know, keeping the ball safe. Just, you know, get her out of the way. Don't give her influence and just keep the ball on her so the rest of your team can go about beating people up. Um, 
and then she could just kind of run up at the end for the um, you know in the, when she got your forte count she can <laughs> run up and score so that might be that might be a way to use it I've not tested it out yet I don't know you know I think I mean another change I don't think I can't remember if you mentioned it earlier but another change that I think that's affecting um, the um, more sort of combat orientated teams and certainly the combat oriented playstyle, but I think particularly butchers as this kind of fast mobile combat team is the icy sponge change um, because that puts a lot of players out of um, an easy kind of one turn takeout. You mean you know, can't insta kill them? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> What a shame! Right, I am right. This is this is by no means meant as to say, you know, it's wrong that I can no longer do that. You know, it's probably right that I can no longer do that. Is that that type of thing is very much likely to be a negative play experience for my opponent, and I am perfectly willing to accept that. But um, the effect that that has (laughs) on the butcher's gameplay and on, on and potentially on the overall meta is that it slows down the rate at which butchers can score VPs. And the mascot um, change slows down the rate at which butchers can vo- score VPs because they can't go mascot hunting and take out a mascot quickly for for two VPs. So, you know, unless, you've, unless your opponent's kind of playing greed against you, um, you've not really got any quick kills. And I think butchers really needed to have... <laughs> a quick kill option um, to be able to keep pace with the um, with the goal scoring teams who if anything have just had their life made easier for um, for season three um, so you know so you've got that balance between the goal scoring and the takeouts and um, and I think you know I mean I kind of always I, I, I struggle to get my head around a goal scoring play style um, and you know, I kind of went into games thinking, right, I'm going to try and go for a two and two, and um, and I came out with, and came out with like a six nil, <laughs> you know, six and oh, six takeouts win, and it's like, oh right, okay, something went wrong there, <laughs> and and it's just that before you could just kind of so quickly take things out that the that you didn't need to kind of worry too much about the ball, whereas now you've really got to pay attention to it and um you know either kill it or be making sure that you've got the tools to you know when you get it back um score quickly and put the pressure on them so that you are um getting the takeouts where you need them so um yeah i just i kind of i worry that the changes mean that the butchers being like the glass cannon um, team is going to be that the glass cannon is too fragile because you can't take things out quick enough to make up for the fact that you're going to be taken out quickly and the goals are going to be going in fast against you as well. So I don't know, maybe it means it's a place for tenderizer. He never really seemed to do an awful lot for me. Um, but I don't know. It's a real quandary, I think, for Butcher's players at the moment is finding out how to play them. But you look at their players, you know, you struggle to find a bad one. 
you struggle to make up your nine because they're just all good and they all do do things and it's just kind of sort of prioritizing which of the things you need to be able to do and there's a real pace issue i think that you need to account for that you didn't really need to do before you know before it was if you are taking thing taking players out the ball playing side of things kind of largely handled itself for you whereas now um you can't take things out as quickly i mean that's what home crowd does you know even if you can manage it it probably is going to cost you an influence or two extra that you didn't have to spend before when you weren't taking that counter-attack or that or suffering from that defensive stance. I mean, the game's, yeah. the game's been pulled into more, I think, more of a sort of two-and-two two style. <clears throat> I mean, they've yeah. missed shooting up um, to top place. I mean, um, you know, they, um, they've always been quite good at scoring goals, and they still are. And I yeah. think they've certainly gained more ability. Well, maybe not more ability, but they've certainly got the ability to... To beat face, I mean Vetcat, I've seen quite a few times. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's it. I think uh, I think Vetcat is the real um, telling piece as to why alchemists are up there at the top. I was talking to Jason about this. You know, he's kind of been to quite a few events since season three. I've only really seen the one, and he's saying just how much he's, he's seeing veteran catalysts on the table, and. You know, and he was kind of talking through the maths of what he can do in an activation. And, um, it's quite a lot, isn't it? It's quite a lot. Now, having said that, I've just seen Henry here playing against Bryce. And uh, Bryce just kind of put Shark just sort of inside an inch of Veteran Catalyst. And he couldn't disengage him, so he couldn't charge. So he just wasted two influence just pushing Shark, basically. <laughs> he pushed him and then he did one damage. <laughs> so... Um, you know, so he, you know the, he is—he is kind of sort of manageable, possibly with the right player. I think you know you need that two-inch melee and the, um, um, and you know some fairly good sort of defensive stats, and you need you know you need someone to whiff the dice roll once or twice, don't you? So, uh, <clears throat> but um, you know, so there is there is kind of. Um, there is ways to deal with him. And I think that is going to be one of the big kind of telling things of um, season three is uh, learning how to deal with veteran catalysts. And, you know, I have a suspicion he'll be like um, Bohr was in the very early days, that Bohr was just this kind of horrible monster that nobody knew what to do with and how to sort of handle. And then all of a sudden, everybody kind of realised what you can do with Bohr and he just kind of disappeared you know, what you can do to him as well with that two defence that he used to have. Um, and, and and he just disappeared from the meta. So, you know, I think there's a kind of, the, there's a certain sort of learning curve. And like I said, we are only two months into this. We're, you know, there's, you know, not an awful lot of events on here since it. So uh, I think that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 events um, I think there's here and in the States. I think there's one uh, from Canada in there as well. Um, so, um, you know, so early days and learning points, I think, is what we take from this as opposed to, um, you know, OMG, butchers are terrible. Um, you know, I think if anything, you know, hunters still need some help. Um 
Butcher's players need to figure it out. Uh, Engineers players need to figure it out because they certainly are not, you know, 43% win ratio. You know, they are, I mean, there's, you know, relatively speaking, there's quite a big gap between them and, and Brewers in the next place. And Brewers are one of the teams I would expect to be a little bit lower down um, because they are, um, you know, like like Butchers, they are a, a hitty team rather than a goal-scoring team. And so it's a case of can they, uh, you know, can they kind of keep up? And you would have thought they would be having similar problems to to the Butchers players, well, potentially. Again, there isn't much in it, is there, right now, in terms of... In terms well, of, there is between Brewers and Butchers, but... <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but in terms of um, Brewers and Engineers, and that sort of middle pack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Quite, quite uh, together. Yeah, 3% difference. It's not too not too big a I deal, mean, um, is it? It's interesting about Union. I thought um, they they might be higher up than third place, but then again, they've got the highest championship record. I mean, Union right now seem to be really good. Blackhearts is spectacular, um, sort of goal scorer and a beater if it needs to be. And I think that rage now is um, is very strong. So I, I would expect Union to probably get more more wins and probably do better yeah. later on in the year. I think. I, I think Union. Uh, I think. I mean, I don't know. I've not. I've not played with or against Blackheart under season three yet. So that will be an interesting one. I played against him come. sort of four or five times. He's um, he's very very strong at just bouncing around. His um, you know, his his um, on two hits, one damage, double dodge is. Yeah. I mean, it's great on honour, and he has to, he has to reach. He's very very good. He can, can score yeah. goals, and obviously he has, has his legendary still, which is great. Mm. It feels a lot more like a pirate, which is uh, always good. Sorry? He feels a lot more like a pirate as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just bounces around and sort of um, comes out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. They're very strong, I think, um, Union right now. Um, it'll be interesting, because I think both their captains are very good, and they're getting a third one who's you know more of a striker, or is a striker, yeah. Um Whatever, whatever her name will be, uh, brisket. And um, well, I personally, I personally, I think well, it should be called brisket. No, though that's I don't think she will. I don't think she will be actually. No, um, I think it, I think it'll be brisket, but I don't think it's no. She'll be called brisket, um, but it'll be fluff that it is brisket. Yeah, it's interesting how. Um, yeah, they haven't given her a name yet. It'll be, it'll be something linked to the church, won't it? I reckon, or something linked to the fluff. Yeah. Um, where where the other coming from might be an interesting one because if she is brisket but she's not called brisket and she's Valentian, then like I think I think brisket's Valentian, then you can potentially have both of them on the home nations team. So there might be you know she becomes from new name and from unknown or something like that. Well, also seeing <laughs> as brisket could have died in the fluff if she'd lost the vote. Um, yeah, it would surprise me if they had mocked up two models with different heads because her head sculpt is basically the same as Vet Brisket sculpt, but they could have easily flipped yeah. the heads around and the artwork looks pretty generic. Um, yeah. So, but the sculpt's more obvious; it's her. So they could have very well had two different sculpts uh, mocked up in terms of you know different, different heads and things. Um, yeah. Which of course would mean a name wouldn't be that important because the name could be something yeah. like a tit- like a title or whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway. yeah. like union captain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, when she when she comes into being a playable captain, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what she can do because currently union yeah. have both both areas quite well tied down, don't they? In terms of, I think they've got violence and scores <clears throat> both are pretty good. With yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I think the idea is with um, with Blackheart is that he's the middle ground, isn't he? That he can be killy or 
footbally and he's tricksy with it. Yeah. Um, so you know he's kind of you know he's some sort of like bastard offspring of masons and morticians to some extent isn't he that sort of adaptability and and tricksiness um whereas um you know a more straightforward striker is presumably a bit more in the sort of Midas or shark role mold so you know makes the team a bit different makes you know um you know, do they then, you know, have a lot of kind of buffs to support the team in terms of footballing, you know, football legend plus, um, you know, quick quick time or quick step or something, you know, that gives everybody a lot of range, you know, Solfekian to give um, Mist Shadow-like, you know, suddenly the team's starting to change how it plays a bit, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, three captains... It'd be interesting because, like, mm. when it comes to doing your nine people, do you put more than, you know, one or two on your roster? Do you have all three of them? <laughs> I don't know what you do with that. Mm. I guess we'll have to wait and see until we see the card, which would be I, probably a fair way off, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, Another thing I think about, when I, I mean, we are talking about Union, weren't we, in, in, on these, in, in, like, these stats. I mean, the thing that stands out to me about Union is that, you know, one the team that I have played a couple of times, not particularly out of choice. It's always been a case of, you know, somebody else has said, you know, oh, could you play these against me so I can try out against them? Or, you know, when I'm playing against Jacob, I say, you you pick my team. So he kind of picks me the worst players that he thinks of, <laughs> uh, uh, which for him is, is rage. His veteran, it's a veteran rage union team right. because <laughs> he, remembers, he remembers what old rage was like. And for a, um, you know, his experience of rage on the tournament scene has been that he's been very easily countered, you know, somebody working at the, the skill level that Jacob's working at as a, you know, 13 year old lad who only really plays at tournament level at ton, you know, at tournaments doesn't get a lot of games in outside of that. Um, you know, he's there knocking around the bottom tables, fighting for the wooden spoon every time, you know, what is he? Got, uh, union. He, he's union um, so he started with the Union and then when Hunters came out he moved to Hunters which you know to some extent has been a really bad choice for him because they are you know no matter what you think about where the stats are I don't think anybody denies that they're not a really difficult team to play so um, uh, whereas um, uh, you know the Union at the time that he was playing them in you know season one were the filth team weren't they really at that time you know and yeah, um, yeah, and Chris and Jack were kind of dominating things with, with Union. Um, uh, but, um, but yeah, but veteran rage, I think veteran rage makes four and one playable quite easily. Yeah, I think um, so, yeah. I'm not. I have yet to find a way for butchers to play four and one reliably. Um, and, you know, as for two and two, <laughs> I haven't a hope in hell. Um, what I usually end up with my butchers is kind of nine or 11 <laughs> VPs because I can, t- you know, I go for the mascot or end up getting the mascot with in some sort of range attack, you know, like a scything blow or uh, by virtue of um, 
feel it's legendary being taken out or something like that. Um, and, um, you know, and get that one VP that's actually no good to me. <laughs> so, um, but when I, what I found playing veteran rage is that things kind of click for him a lot more on the kind of the killing score. You know, that's that, that kind of takeout game kind of flows a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. Than, uh, either Ox or Fillet at the moment, I think. You know, he's, um, you know, he's just he's just a lot more flexible, a lot more versatile. I think. You know, he can cope with problems better than either Ox or Fillet can do. But then, having said that, he's not as good at either one at what they do. You know, he's not as good at supporting his team as Ox is. He's not as, you know, if he just goes all out for damage, he's not doing as much as Fillet, um, you know, even if he gets the free charge off. But most of the time, you know, you're having to do, you're having to spend some influence on some tricks and shenanigans with him to get stuff done. <coughs> but, you know, Avis and Greed are still good, you know. I mean, Avarice is really still good. does what Avarice does. <laughs> and Gutter is still good under Rage because she can get the... Um, the damage buff from him, um, well, it doesn't apply to Scything Blow, but you know, it hits the, the lower stuff. She gets the attack buff from him, she gets the attack buff from um, from Avarice and Greed, and you know, she can really kind of um, pile it, you know, pile in the damage, you know, with Red Fury. If Rage gets stuck, he can let get other people to do it for him. You've got Minx potentially, you've got. Um, you know, Snakeskin's pretty good at killing the ball. Um, you know, I think she's kind of in there as my ball um, player over um, over Miss now, really, if I was going to pick my own union team. Uh, but, you know, I think they, they just kind of, you know, they've got the kind of the flexibility and the tools to um, deal with the problems that the... Um, that season three causes for takeout teams than um, than butchers do currently, and you know maybe Veteranox is going to be an answer to some of those problems. Um, maybe we just have to sort of pull our finger out and find out find a game plan that that works. And I am certainly fully aboard trying to get that done. That's my kind of plan. My aim is to be number one butchers player on the rankings <laughs> next year. <laughs> now that Pat and, and Jack <laughs> and, and others who, who were kind of up there have uh, seem to have dropped them. Chris Tamplin and Greg Day play quite a bit of them as well. Henry, of, of course, has been playing them. He seems to have just been, you know, settled into his um, alchemists and joined the filth. You know, he's responsible for um, some of that 13% of the win because he won our tournament here with them. So... You know, they are certainly strong in the hands of a good player, Alchemists. Uh, one more thing to just kind of talk about that's perhaps a bit of a surprise on this is Morticians. I think there are a lot of people sort of saying after the Season 3 changes that Morticians are just, you know, nothing now. You know, they're not doing really good at all. But, you know, if you want to sort of draw a line somewhere where there's a big gap, there's actually kind of a 6% difference between Morticians in 4th and Masons in fifth. You know, that's actually more than the percentage difference between um, 
uh, well, the morticians themselves and uh, the alchemists at the top in terms of the win percentage ratio. So, you know, morticians are still good. And they were third place before, weren't they? So right? they were third place before. Now they're now they're fourth. So they haven't dropped much. Yeah, I mean they're always. Yeah, I mean yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, they they're always not as good on the rankings as everybody thought they were. And I think that's the kind of the effect that you get when you have a team that you know lots of you know that people think is strong. You get lots of people playing it, and so the weaker players bring down the the, the average, I suppose. Um, but, um, you know, again, like the stronger players seem to have ditched them. You know, Jordan Nax doesn't seem to be playing um, the Morticians anymore. Interestingly, he switched to Hunters now. So that might be interesting to see what happens when you get a, you know, a really, real top player playing with the Hunters. And yeah, that would be interesting. Maybe they could do, do the champion to sort of share some tech or not. Yeah. Yeah. Although he didn't win, I think. <laughs> Potentially the first event he's been to that he didn't win, <laughs> but um, yeah, he came second with them, as I'm sure we'll hear about on their next episode. So I'll not spe- dwell on it in, in with speculation now. But yeah, so but morticians are are not came third, uh, yeah. not, not second. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was yeah, it was even third, wasn't it? Yeah. Third. Yeah. According, yeah. According to this. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but morticians are still sort of up there in the rankings. They're still, you know, over fifty percent win ratio. Um, so they are still a strong team. I kind of think what's what's basically happened is their kind of very high skill ceiling has been dropped. But also, I think potentially their skill floor has dropped a little as well. Um, and so you've ended up with you know just generally a lot more balanced a team. You know, it's still there's still a strong team. They're perhaps not going to be the sort of the the win button for the Jordan Knacks of the world, but for the average player, they are a good kind of strong team to play that's going to do you well. It might not give you the um, headaches that they used to playing at the lower end of the table, but, you know, still decent, I think. And, the, you know, the stats showing that they are still very strong. It's interesting though, isn't it? I mean, they're still quite... I do, I do like how the teams are all still fairly close together. I mean, Alchemists are ahead... Um, and Fisher as well, but in the middle of the pack being quite close together, I think there's still a lot of room for it to be anyone's game. Yeah. I mean, what's what's an interesting thing to do as well? Uh, sorry if my voice goes a bit funny because I'm tucking my phone under my shoulder so I can type at the same time. But if you change the um, player wins percentage from... Um, so you go from uh, 33% to 67%, so you're getting like that middle third keeping the dates the same um, um, and you know I mean that that obviously is going to sort of bring everything a lot closer into line but it really kind of shuffles around the order of them a lot well it does doesn't it Alchemist dropped a second uh, Fisher first then it's yeah. Masons go, go up a place Hunters leap to mid table yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah I mean Hunters are there but they're you know uh, 17 games so you're not where it's kind of it's so kind of sort of difficult to place but what's really interesting about that is that you know butchers are still down there at the bottom um you know they're still struggling morticians kind of drop in terms of their ranking points 
but their percentage their win percentage is actually the highest so depending on what order you you kind of put it in so you know what that's saying is that the morticians are morticians players are now there kind of knocking around the middle tables and doing really well so you know they're you know a five game tournament they're the players who are kind of getting to uh three and two rather than two and three that type of thing whereas the butchers are kind of going the other way you know, um, or you know, struggling to even be in, in in that middle bracket at all. You know, they're not going into the final game at at at, uh, at two and two, so they could come out either way. Um, you know, whereas um, you know, so the, so yeah, so the morticians are there. They're getting the wins, but they're getting it against weaker opp- opposition to some extent. Um, you know, the the union are there with a 47 percent ratio for uh, win ratio in that but third on the ranking point so they're kind of doing the reverse that they are um you know playing against the higher players and but um but then kind of losing so they're the players who are kind of going in at, to that fifth game at three and one and then losing the last one possibly no, so but you know it's it's interesting to see, but you know I mean it's so tight and it is tight. It's all you know it's always going to be tight because you've restricted the the out the range and removed the outliers, and so it really does show that there is quite a lot of, um, you know the the situation isn't as bad as those stats really say. You well, know, like about, what four percent? What what what? what if there's like a forty seven percent low, isn't it? Up to fifty three percent. So five yeah five percentage points between top and bottom, you know, um, uh, 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 25 plus 4, 29 um, rankings points difference, which is, uh, you know, it's the difference within within a, a win bracket is the difference between the top and the bottom when you look at that, basically. So for average players like me, um, who are there kind of on your sort of middle wins in most tournaments, you know, um, you know, you know, I've got you know, practically all the tournaments I've been to, I've got like three wins out of five, I've got four wins out of seven at Vengeance. So, you know, it kind of, I am the archetypical sort of middle tier player, I suppose you could say. And, um, and yeah, and I think, so it just shows there really that everything's all, all kind of sort of fairly neat and balanced for people in that middle category, which is probably where it needs to be. You know, I think in any game you're going to have you're going to have differences between, you know, in terms of skill skill flaws and skill ceilings and things like that. And so it just kind of goes to show that in the middle, everything's about right. And you know, you know the fact that butchers the skill flaws race, so that's kind of meaning that the players down at the bottom are really struggling with them, um, and. Um, you know, similarly, team like Alchemist that used to be a kind of high finesse team, the skill flaws dropped a bit, and so now more players are picking them up and doing well with them. So, you know, um, if anything, I think it's kind of, it's essentially kind of, you know, job well done, steam forged on the balancing from what what the stats say, you know, and you know to go back to the some of the kind of the criticisms that I was making earlier, they're kind of, you know, I just want to stress that. Um, I am 
coming at that from the point of view as a butcher's player and trying to identify what I need to do because you know what you know what are the new problems that I've got to find answers to and find solutions for. <clears throat> so, but yeah, it's there. Masons, not terrible forums. <laughs> uh, don't. <laughs> Just don't. It's not worth. It's not worth it, mate. It's not worth it. Um, I mean, they're, they're they're almost exactly in the middle, aren't they? In both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. Really, doesn't I mean, in terms of um, the way they're designed, I think as well. Yeah. I think you could do. Although to the fluff, they are um, champions. They're supposed to be the best, aren't they? Yeah, but in the fluff, Flint never misses goals. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. It doesn't mention how Flint was Flint was set for perfect goal on six dice and misses it, does it? <laughs> um, oh, that's harsh. Yeah, actually, six dice. Range. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of eight. six dice. Please. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that. Um, I think that, that, that I think that the problem with the problem with Masons is is a problem that that they're as good at Gilball as the player they're, they're, they're using them. Um, you know they're very flexible, so I think um, I always feel when I screw up with masons, it's my fault rather than my teams. Generally, yeah, uh, I guess that's the same with all with all guilds to some degree. But um, yeah, I mean they are kind of the baseline for a lot of things, aren't they? So I think them being the build makes sense. But even so, you know, again, the the, the numbers seem so, so close together. Yeah, but um, apart from the very top with alchemists, when you look at the overall ranking so far, um, I think it's anyone's game. And it'd be interesting to sort of talk to you again in sort of six months. Well, maybe yeah. after Vengeance, actually, yeah. and look at it, how it goes there. Yeah. I mean, Vengeance... The players are out, you know? Yeah, Vengeance will sort of really sort of make a difference, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, having all the... I mean, the kind of things that we looked at last year when... Um, uh, on, on the kind of the breakdown, the things that, you know, kind of talking with Bill from... Um, uh, Gilboa tonight about the stats a bit as well. You know, he goes on these and has a look at them quite a lot. And there's... Um, you know, when you... Um, when you look at kind of you put these kind of set dates in and you know so like errata dates and you know big big kind of release dates and you know, like put salute in which is the point where everybody had all the season two captains wasn't it at salute and yeah. we had hunters in the mix you know you put those dates in and you can kind of and you kind of compare the gap between you know the from that point to that point and put the things like those in and it really kind of starts to um to uh, to kind of make a difference to the stats, things start kind of um, you know tell it you know you can see how the changes affect the meta and how how the data changes as it goes. Yeah, are you out, Vengeance? I am. Uh, I am. Oh, I'm still on the waiting list, but it's only around the corner for me. Well, not around the corner, twenty minutes away, thirty minutes away. So I will I, I will pop down even if I don't manage to get a ticket. By then, farmers, I guess, will be out as well. So, um, I assume. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we're assuming they're. Absolutely uh, Jack- wouldn't surprise me. Although I've got no, yeah. no evidence of that at all, but um, pure, it's pure yeah. guesswork. But it wouldn't surprise me for absolute. Yeah, that's when you kind of expect another big drop, to, another big release to drop, isn't it? Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing else. You know, the the only other potential thing is vengeance itself, but you know that's not really an official thing is it it's no, just really, you know no. they all work for steamforge now uh, well apart from chris but uh you know it's still not technically an official one no that's right yeah. well thanks for that band it's been really good 
Right. Okay. Thank you. And um, I'll see you. I still can get a game as well. <laughs> yeah. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. Bye. Bad horse, bad horse, bad horse. He rides across the nation, the thoroughbred of sin. He got the application that you just sent in. It needs evaluation, so let the games begin. A heinous crime, a show of force, a murder would be nice, of course. Bad horse, bad horse, bad horse. He's bad. The evil league of evil is watching, so beware. The grade that you receive will be your last, we swear. So make the bad horse gleeful, or he'll make you his mare. You're saddled up, there's no recourse. It's Hyo Silver, sign that horse.